Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. I'm really excited to be joined today by Phil Breen. Phil has worked for the DVSA or the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency for the last 16 and a half years and he's worked across testing and enforcement as a traffic examiner before heading up National Bus Compliance and he's now leading the Earned Recognition Scheme. So please do listen in to find out more about the Earned Recognition Scheme and what a great interview. So thank you very much Phil and I really hope you enjoy it. I'm absolutely buzzing today to be joined by Phil Breen uh, from the DVSA Earned Recognition Team. Um, I've been trying to get Phil on the podcast for a little while now, and it's taken a little bit of uh, negotiation and sort of working through, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you join me. Uh, Phil, for the pleasure of listeners, are you okay to just introduce yourself and your role with Earned Recognition in DVSA, please? Of course. Thanks, Pete. Uh, thanks for having me along. Apologies, this wasn't as quick as we originally anticipated. Um, I'm going to blame that on COVID. I'll try not to blame too much on COVID, but that one I'm going to blame on COVID as to why it's taken me a little while to get onto to your podcast. But absolute pleasure to be here. So thank you for having me. So yes, I'm Phil Breen. Um, I'm the National Account Manager for the DVSA Earn Recognition Scheme. Um, I've been with the agency now um, about 16 and a half years uh, since. Um, so I started off in our testing division um, and I worked my way through to enforcement. Um, I've been a traffic examiner. So I've been roadside. Um, I've been into operating centres. I've done environmentals and public inquiries and everything in between. Um, and then I headed up bus compliance for a little while. Nationally, I was responsible for uh, bus compliance on behalf of DVSA. I've been looking after the own recognition scheme now for nearly the last three years. So um, I've been I've been around transport for quite a while. Um, so that that's really bringing me up to date. Like I said, I've been looking after the own recognition scheme. My role very much is to explain to the industry what the scheme is. Hopefully with someone like me in there, you can see this is a bit more of an approachable scheme. Um, you know, we're open. You can have an actual conversation with a person about it, which is novel. Um, but also it's there to develop. You know, I'm very much there to listen to industry, listen to people that are in the scheme, but also people that are thinking about joining own recognition, answering those questions. This is a different approach for DVSA. You know, this is a different approach for enforcement. Um, as I'm sure as we go through the podcast, hopefully that will become uh, blindingly absolutely. obvious we'll go through absolutely it. absolutely um, and Phil's not had the easiest start this morning because it's 10 o'clock on a Monday morning and I've already had an MOT failure for one of our customers so <laughs> we've already gone straight in with a bit of a conversation around that but there we go it's all good fun right so um, I, I guess we're, we're going to take a bit of a journey through earned recognition to start to understand what that is um, and uh, the, the benefits and the, you know, what, what challenges people may have to just try and, I think, shine a light on it and just make people more aware and obviously uh, put, put yourself there, Phil, as the person to come and ask about, about it. And if people are interested, just without prejudice, I can just come and have a conversation with you, right? So Certainly. first first things first then. So are you able to just give us a bit of a taste? What is earned recognition? Yeah. What is the purpose of it? Um, and uh, and give us a bit of an outline initially, please, Phil. Certainly, Pete. I think probably where's an important point to start is why we've taken this approach and kind of where it's, where it's been born from, really. So for years and years, 
DVSA and DFT, Department for Transport, were asked, what does good look like? What goes beyond the starting point, which is your operator license? You know, your terms and conditions of your operator license, that's your starting point for any operator um, in GB. But we were asked, you know, well, what goes beyond that? I want to do that little bit extra. I think I'm better than average. I dare say I'm good as an operator. I dare say I'm exemplar as an operator. And that's where our recognition was born from, really. So it was asking, what does good look like? What does exemplar look like? And what is the answer to that? And for us, it's earn recognition. So earn recognition is basically a scheme built around the operator license, but just making you aware of what your requirements are day in, day out. Um, it's that whole idea of if you take your vehicle for an MOT, it should pass. Pete, we, we won't mention your MOTs, that's fine. But if you, go for, if you go for an MOT, your vehicle should pass because you know it's what level it's got to be for that day for that test but actually it should be roadworthy it should be able to pass an MOT any day that you take that vehicle onto the GB roads it should be to that level so it's making sure you are aware that your vehicles are having those walk around checks in the morning that if there is a safety related issue it's reported correctly and also it's dealt with um, you know we pick up a lot of prohibitions at the roadside at, at DVSA that were preventable it was because the driver missed it on a walk around check um, or they were rushing that walk around check or they weren't doing that walk around check properly um, and we can go into why people don't do walk around checks correctly later on but it's really like I say making sure you're accountable as a business understanding you are an operator you've got obligations and it's just making sure that you do cover those obligations to us so um, recognition works really by recognizing the good in our industry, I think for a long time as an enforcement agency, it's quite easy to say, oh, well, you know, we target the bad guys out there, the serious and serially non-compliant, and we should be doing that, don't get me wrong, but that puts a lot of focus and that highlights them a lot and it puts a lot of spotlight on, you know, the negative end of our industry. And that's important, of course, it is that we either educate those operators and get them into that right space or take them out of our industry to prevent accidents, ultimately. That's what we're here to do as a, a road safety organisation. But actually, I think it's important that we recognise the great and the good, the ones that are getting it right and trying to get it right continually. Not saying they're perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect operator. You know, you've got vehicles in the mix. You've got drivers. You've got other road users. You've got maintenance providers. You've got agencies and, and lots more in between. So something is going to go wrong at some point. Of course it is. But um, recognition isn't there to um, school you. It's not there to say, if you've got something wrong at this point, that's it, you're out of the scheme. It's about support, it's working with you. It's recognizing those that have earned the right to be recognized as the exemplar in our industry, helping them keep in that space and support them along their journey as well. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And I think, you know, in, in principle, it's, uh, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic thing. And um, I think one of the things that I often bash on about to people is, compliance and safe aren't the same thing just because something's yep. compliant doesn't mean it's safe and just because something's safe doesn't mean it's compliant and um, sort of separate in those two areas as well which i'm sure you know the the age old sort of philosophy philosophy about that is monday get my words out um but essentially an operation can be safe but it doesn't meet all the requirements of the compliance it doesn't meet the requirements because the documentation is not in place group of drivers might be the safest drivers on the road but unless they've documented that there's no evidence and there's no proof and in the same way things are compliant just because a driver's allowed to drive for 10 hours in a day based on the rest of his work pattern 
it's compliant, but is it safe? And have we got the right safeguards in place? Exactly, Pete. And that's it. And you know, what earn recognition does is recognize the whole journey of the operation. And what I mean by that is it makes you focused on, you know, your driver's hours, your walk round checks, your maintenance, your routine, your scheduling. That's what it does. This is where our key performance indicators or KPIs come in. Feed them in every four weeks to us. We just get a brief overview of them. We're not getting all the information about your drivers or your vehicles. It is very much an overview. It's up to you as an operator to manage that and understand what's going on in your business. But, you know, I can speak from my years of experience as a traffic examiner, being in many a public inquiry. And traffic commissioners rightly would say to a transport manager or a director or an operations manager, whoever it may be, what's gone on here? And I'd hear the same answer all the time. I'm not sure, or, oh, that's a different department. Or, you know, well, routing doesn't speak to the people that look after our MOTs or, you know, the drivers that are doing the walk round checks, they don't know what's going on with the operations manager. That's not the right approach. It's your business. It's important that everyone understands what's going on in your business. And that's certainly the feedback I get from our members. Um, recognition does that. It focuses your drivers. It focuses your transport managers. It focuses everyone in between so that they understand what's going on. Because all it takes is one kind of cog in that machine to stop turning or to break down. Mm-hmm. And it can affect your business massively. There could be an accident. It could be a roadside incident. You could end up in a public inquiry and you lose your license. If that happens, you don't have a business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely vital. Okay, Brill. So what are the key benefits um, to uh, having earned recognition? Have you been seeing sort of feedback from the operators that are on the scheme? Yeah, it's really important that we get feedback all the time. And like I said, um, you know, we, we have a great relationship with our with our members, which has been really important for me. And that open dialogue is really key, I think, for any scheme, um, especially a newer scheme, to continue to develop and grow. This isn't something that is static. This will continue to develop. So um, benefits that are in today will stay, but also they'll expand. They'll only ever expand, which for me is really important. It's a really positive scheme. So, you know, we recognise our own recognition operators. So we list them on gov.uk. They are on our website. We shout about them. There's no kind of cloak and dagger with our own recognition operators. They're listed on gov.uk. They get a bit of a social media campaign when they join. They can have the DVSA Earn Recognition branding and logo at their premises. Um, so signs can be put up, they can put that on their websites, their literature, things like that. And that will give you an advantage when you're bidding for contracts. If you've been recognised by the department that's been, you know, the safest and most compliant out there, the exemplar, you've earned the right to do that. So like I said, going for contracts, uh, feedback is certainly that they get an advantage. Um, so you're less likely to be stopped at the roadside. So what I mean by that is earn recognition operators are not targeted by DVSA's enforcement roadside teams. They only stop them if they saw a real risk to road safety or if we're carrying out a fleet compliance check on behalf of DFT. You also don't get the visits and the investigations and the death-based assessments and everything else that goes on within DVSA. You know, our own recognition operators have earned the right. They've earned the right to show their exemplar. They've earned that right to be a compliant operator. So we're focusing our resource rightly over those operators that aren't compliant or those that we don't know so much about. That's where my concern is. You know, I'm not too fussed about the own recognition operators when we know what they're up to. It's the ones that we don't know so much about. So, you know, in terms of time and money, that's going to save you um, a hell of a lot. Um, and that feeds in with your OCRS score rating. So people, I'm sure, will be uh, grateful to know that OCRS, DVSA's um, OCRS score rating is back up and running. Um, and for um, recognition operators, they become blue. 
and they stay at blue. So where you have the classic traffic light system of green, amber, and red, as an unrecognitional operator, you stay at blue. There's no fluctuation. Now, having spoken to many a transport manager, dare I say there's a few sleepless nights when they go to amber or heaven forbid they turn to the red. Don't have to worry about that. You stay at blue. Um, like I say, there is efficiency savings as well to be made. So with DVSA at home recognition, I know we'll come on to systems and things like that later on in the podcast, but having systems in place that make you more efficient will save you money. Um, it's just the fact, um, you know, and we've got operators that have saved thousands and thousands of pounds by having those systems in place. You know, I'm not talking the odd tenor here and there. We are talking to some big money there. So there's a financial gain to being a known recognition operator as well. So you do also get a dedicated contact team. So myself and my team, so the own recognition team, are there to answer any questions that you may have. So it's not just about own recognition. It's about just generally running a business, running an operation, you know, whether it be a change in legislation. Um, oh, there's some driver's hours relaxation. There we go. It will be topical, Pete. Um, I think I can do this, but I'm not sure. The answer won't be, well, if you turn to page 46 of legislation, part 2.7, it should explain it there. It will be, yes, you can. No, you can't. And that's what people want at the end of the day, don't they, really? They want to just know, I want to stay on the right side of the law. Can I do this? Yes, no. And that's the kind of support that you'll get. You also get access to kind of summits, workshops, forums, things like that. It's really important for me that earn recognition operators have a seat at that table. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of engagement that we do as an agency with stakeholders and, and, and operators and, and so forth. But them having that direct communication, they really do get their voices heard. But we also have access to speakers, industry experts that may be wider business wouldn't always have. So, for example, we ran a summit in April last year. Um, someone wanted uh, one of our operators or a few of our operators wanted the subject of bridge strikes covered. So we've got the person from um, National Rail to come down, speak about bridge strikes. You know, they're the people that deal with it on a day to day. We wanted a section on driver's hours. Well, I've got the person that contributes to the legislation around driver's hours to speak about driver's hours. You're not going to get them at other places. You know, we can get our chief exec opened at Love Day Rider. Um, you know, we've got people from the traffic commissioners. So they get access to all this kind of training, expert advice, free of charge, because their recognition, it's a free to join scheme. There's no membership fee. There's no sign up fee or anything like that. We just ask that you're a compliant operator. Um, we also have access to modules, so commercial modules. So currently we have HS2 and LPT2, so the London Power Tunnel 2 project, um, also recognised by Kent. So Kent Council, through their Kent um, Vision Zero, recognises own recognition as an accredited scheme. Um, and we're seeing more and more of that. So I think the next six months will be very, very interesting for some of those specified contracts. Um, we know of lots of local authorities, contract holders, so forth, that are recommending own recognition. But I know of many that are starting to consider and bring in specifying um, recognition as the standard. Um, and that, I think, will see a big change in the next six months. So there is, like I say, commercial benefit. Um, now, what we did also offer during the pandemic was a 12-month exemption on MOTs for um, recognition operators on both their vehicles and trailers. Now, I'm sure we're all hoping that there's no more global pandemics and lockdown plan. Um, but what that does really show is that the department recognises um, recognition 
they realised those vehicles are the safest out there on our roads. Um, and the good news was those vehicles didn't go out and have loads of accidents. There wasn't any incidents involving um, recognition operators because of MOT issues, um, which is also a really key part of evidence for me to take forward because changes to legislation, um, changes from the department, they work best based on evidence. And we've got that evidence actually given a 12 month exemption to earn recognition operators because of their report through KPIs isn't too much of an issue. So that puts us in a really good position for future developments of the scheme. We also offer DVSA apprentices. So DVSA have a, a team of apprentices that we cover the cost for. Um, and they are currently with um, recognition operators. Now, I can't say they're exclusively for um, recognition operators because the government may make a change next week where we want DVSA to deliver another 5,000 apprentices or something. Um, and I may not have enough space for them with the air recognition operators. But what I can tell you as of today, they are only in operating centres for air recognition operators if they're with an operator. We also have some in workshops, but for operators, they're DVSA apprentices um, for air recognition members. So, you know, that's just some of the growing benefits. But as you can see, there's quite a few there, Pete. Um, and it's a free to join scheme. So you're getting all of them free of charge. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's a bad deal. No, absolutely. I think um, I think it's. I, I, I love because I've been watching on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, and I see the recognition for operators. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And um, you mentioned about uh, the OCRS score being back up and live, which was like we had a bit of a party. Like, <laughs> still green, still green. <laughs> you know, um, we get excited about this stuff, right? And it's always good, like, to make sure you're green rather than amber, obviously. And um, it, it can be a little bit like all oh, that MOT fate, you know, whatever might have happened. And it's like, we've got to stay green. Um, just quick question, I suppose. So earned recognition's blue on the, on the traffic light system. There must've been, there must've been a bit of a discussion around having it as gold, having it as the gold standard, right? There, there was talk. I mean, our branding, as you'll see, um, for the benefit of the podcast, um, I've got my own recognition background on my screen that Pete can see, which isn't blue. Um, and that's the branding for our recognition. So that was really the, the thought process behind it. It was blue. I guess, yeah, gold, gold, um, gold could have been an option. Platinum could have yeah. been an option, Pete. Well, true, you know? true, true, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Um, I think one of the questions, and and I've, I've kind of, I've kind of tried to put myself into like customers and operators, operator shoes, and just yeah. sort of to ask the questions that I think that they would ask um, as well. And one of them is is that loads of benefits. I love I love there's so many benefits, and and the benefit of being proactive, not reactive, when it comes to enforcement as well. So the fact that you know we know we're going to do these activities around KPIs, but actually it stops this the reactive losses of a roadside stop or whatever it may be you know from an efficiency point of view um i think i think one of the questions would be what happens if someone was to join the scheme and then for whatever reason they decided maybe they decided to downsize their fleet for example take a slightly different business uh, uh, uh range and they decided to come off the scheme would there be sort of any any impact to them then if they found that it wasn't quite working for them no, I mean, generally, I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased to report generally we don't have people leaving the scheme once they're in. Um, normally I get feedback, I wish we'd done this, you know, when you launched, you know, a couple of years ago, you know. Um, but no, there's not a reaction thing from a, from us, you know, it's not a case of, oh, you've left the scheme now, you're suddenly on our targeting list. All that happens is your OCRS score goes live again because it does run in the background. Um, 
you know, obviously you're probably going to be in a really good stead because you're not having the visits, you're not having um, the roadside stops, which are, you know, the key elements of feeding into OCRS score rating. But no, you just return as a normal operator. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this is a voluntary scheme. It's not mandatory. Um, so no, there's no kind of comeback for the operators yeah. that choose to leave or, or, or that are removed from the scheme either. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cool. Um, so the third thing that I wanted to sort of ask about was, how, what's it like to manage the scheme as an operator? What's involved in, in doing so? Um, you know, how does it work on a day to day basis, Phil? Yeah, so if you're an operator, um, it, it's really only doing what you should be doing. Like I said, all the, the KPIs and everything were built around the operator license. So what you agree to when you signed up to that license. So day to day running shouldn't be that difference, to be honest with you, it's just checking that your information is there. So the KPI is broken into your walk round checks. Now, if you've got fully digital systems, they'll run them for you. They will let you know if there's an issue. There'll be an alert if there's a missing walk round check. There'll be an alert around kind of driver's hours or scheduling. So if you're fully digital, that's the work for you, to be honest with you, Pete. Um, those KPIs, like I say, they'll be reported to through to us automatically. We are only really alerted if there is an issue. So if something's been missed, um, and I don't even like the word, word alert because it makes it sound like something's gone drastically wrong. But actually, all that's happened there is Dave's, Dave's put a, an I in instead of a one, you know, so it's not picked it up. It's something like that normally. So it's not the end of the world. So don't get worried about the word alert. Um, it's just literally just letting you know that there's something you, that needs your attention. Um, in terms of if you've got your own in-house systems in place so what we do allow for maintenance is you can have fully digital you can have a mixture of digital manual fully manual or your own in-house systems my team will just verify that they're able to record those uh, kpis so it depends on what system you've gone for from a maintenance point of view about how much work you do or don't need to put in for those people, like I said, if they've got a manual system, it's normally a manual system that they've been using for years. So it's no real difference. All that it is is at the end of the four weeks where they've saved a file, they'll need to upload that um, information either onto a form or send it through to us. And that's about it. That's the only real difference. But in terms of effort and time that's put in, my operators that are in, especially those that have been in since the beginning, say, I've saved so much time after the first six months, getting everyone's head around what they've got to do and how we report it, it's a slight change. Some people react better to change than others. But after that, actually, I save a lot of time. And it's quite nice, actually, sending out my drivers, knowing they're probably not going to get stopped. And it's quite nice to know that actually someone's not going to come knocking on my operating centre door and ask to look at all my records. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit more of an easier approach, to be honest with you, Pete. It's kind of that idea of, as long as everything's running along, um, there's nothing really extra you've got to do as an operator. You're just recording what you're doing. You're reporting what you're doing. Um, so, no, that's kind of it day to day, to be honest with you, Pete. Not a, not a huge change for your compliant operators out there. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a really good thing for people to be able to hear is that actually there's no, you know, you, you're not going, you must do this over and above what, what's required. It's actually, you know, th this is what's required anyway. So we're just ensuring that you, you continue in that. I did hear recently, which I was quite impressed by. Um, I, I thought it was really impressive because that as an earned recognition team, you clearly listen to your operators. Um, and that was obviously the announcement recently that I think, I think 
maybe there was an, uh, a, a hope that operators would have a single reporting system um, and the feedback had been, that's going to be really tough for us to implement. So um, can we stick with what we've got? Is that, have I, have I sort of interpreted that in the right way, it, Phil? It wasn't so much it was tough, Pete. I think what's really important for me and what's really important, um, and it's not just me that makes these decisions, by the way. There is, a, there, is a, there, is a, there is a few other people that work at DVS, and it's not just me. Um, but, you know, I, I get the feedback and I, I, and I take that back to, to the various other kind of uh, key stakeholders. But we do engage. That's what's really important for me with DVSA um, recognition. It's a scheme in which we've got, you know, there's open doors there. People aren't afraid to give me a call, drop me an email, speak to my team and let me know their thoughts. And they do. I've got a lot of vocal operators in there. And if there's something that we're talking about they don't like, they're not afraid, afraid to tell me, which is sure. good. That's what we want. You know, we don't want to be looked at as big brother or the enemy. You know, we're in this together. We've all got the same aim. That's road safety. So in terms of the digital reporting, it wasn't so much that we didn't think operators could achieve it. It was more us realising why. And for me, it's really important that we always say, why? Why are we doing this? The outcome for me for this scheme is always road safety and compliance, and it always should be. If we're making someone do something, I have to ask the question, why? And the answer can't be, well, that's what was decided at pilot stage. And that's where the singular digital reporting for maintenance came in. What I did and what my team did was we really engaged with the industry, our operators in the scheme and also those operators that are engaging with that we're taking them onto that journey to get into own recognition. But we also spoke to maintenance providers. We also spoke to IT developers. We spoke to other um, stakeholders. So people like RHA and Logistics UK. Um, we went as wide as we possibly can with our engagement nets to really find out what what where people are. We're also, you know, we're not, we're not blind to what's going out out there. We are aware that we've had COVID-19, we've had Brexit, we've had all these factors that people didn't plan when we were at a pilot stage. So I can't just say what well, pilot stage, we said in that date, we're gonna have singular digital reporting system. So we have to stick to that. No, that's not the right answer for me. So actually what we looked at was we can get that information, but we can get that information in different ways. So why am I making an operator who says a PSV operator up in remote Scotland, you've got to operate exactly the same way as a HGV operator in central London. Your businesses are completely different. You're going to employ different drivers. You're going to have different types of vehicles and your contracts are going to be very different. But I want you to run your business in exactly the same way. Now, key elements are going to be the same. Of course, they are around your operator license, around safety and compliance. But you may have one may have several different operating centers and smaller depots. There could be thousands of drivers in one. In another business, there may be one driver, it may be an owner driver. So actually trying to do that one size fits all for me doesn't encourage road safety and compliance. It's just trying to fit everyone into a box. And if I've learned one thing by looking after own recognition, no two operators do the same. And that's fine. As long as they've got safety and compliance at what they do, that's fine. But actually their businesses can be very different. So we looked at all that. And we said, well, do we need a singular digital reporting system for maintenance? I know it will make them more efficient. I know actually it makes their life easier. If you speak to most operators, they don't want to have a mixture of systems. They want to have one singular one. Um, but actually, that's not the reality of the marketplace at the moment. The marketplace is we've got a mixed economy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we, we are. But actually, we, we looked at, look, these are the KPIs. This is how 
what we need reported but actually the ways in which you get that information you gather that information you store that information can be varied and that's fine that's okay but we just need to validate and make sure that what you've got in place works and as long as it does why don't we accept that and the question was why around that Mm -hmm. and there wasn't an answer that was no we can't or no we shouldn't the answer was yeah actually I don't know why we don't so that that's where that came around that's why we dissolved that time frame um you know i spoke at some events probably all late summer last year and feedback i got from operators not about our recognition specifically but we wish people would listen a little bit more we wish you know when there are dates and targets set that actually they can be a bit flexible and for me it's really important that we do that in our recognition and i know our members appreciate that um, because things do change you know, industry changes. Like I said, I won't mention COVID too much. I won't say that C word too much. But that has really changed our industry. And I think probably changed it forever, but not just our industry, but business as a whole, globally. And I don't think we can, you know, we can just ignore that. It shouldn't define us, but we should also learn from it and understand what works for people and what doesn't and be willing to be flexible a little bit. And I think our recognition certainly delivers that. Perfect. I think um, I think it's... Uh... It's, it's a fantastic opportunity for, for operators if they want to if they, if they want to do that and I think um, being listened to and having having the voice as well is vital I think that's so so important for people one of the things that I was interested just to ask if I'm able to what are the what are the demographics like of those operators I know you're saying about people being treated differently depending you know sort of on the side of, on the size of the business or what have you have you seen sort of, is there a trend in the size or the type of business or are you seeing operators of all different types, whether they're eight wheel tippers or whether, you know, they're, they're, they're fridge operators is a, um, a sort I'm, of singular I'm really, preference. I'm really happy to say, Pete, we have got a really mixed bag of operators. Mm-hmm. They've got one thing in common. They all take road safety and compliance very seriously. Apart from that, they are mixed bag. I've got one-man bands. I've got multinationals. We've got household names. We've got operators that you've never heard of that actually do a really important job behind the scenes. Like I say, PSV, HGV, standard national, international, everything in between we've got. Um, And we have got a very mixed bag geographically as well. So we've got operators in Scotland. We've got Cornwall. We've got central cities, rural routes. Um, So, yeah, a real mixed bag with operators which i think is really important because the feedback that we get is mixed as well it's not targeted at one specific part of the industry um and for me when we develop further benefits for the scheme it's really nice to know that we're catering to as many parts of our uh industry as we possibly can yeah and i think i think on top of that i think you know one of the things that i i see as the benefit of the scheme is the the indirect benefits it gives operators which is it frees the enforcement agency to actually concentrate on the people that are impacting them, whether from a competitive point of view, because they're being anti-competitive in the way that they're cutting corners or in, in overall road safety, in which case all operators then win at that point because the, the agency is able to focus on what it needs to. That's it, Pete. You know, it frees up our resource. You know, like I said, we're not targeting the own recognition operators. So the, 
guys and girls out there on the roadside and doing the visits and everything else, they are able to uh, target the serious and serially non-compliant. And all that does is make the road safe for everyone that uses our roads. So it's a win for our industry as a whole. Um, you know, every operator in our recognition is really playing their part in road safety. So you're, you're right, you know, it's an indirect benefit, but it's a benefit that benefits everyone in this country, really. Sorry, in GB, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, bro. And it's good to hear that this you've got such a mixed bag as well of, 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 of operators because the, the fleet operating sector, whether PSV or HGV, is so broad ranging in its operations as well that it gives people the confidence to be able to come forward and go, actually, yeah, I'm interested in this scheme. So that, that's brilliant. Um, the fourth thing was about, okay, so what happens if something goes wrong? Maybe someone fails an audit or they're not quite meeting their KPIs. It might be that a transport manager's moved on, for example, and, and they're just trying to, to sort of fill the gaps. How does how does that work with the, with the scheme? It's, it's nothing to worry about. I think that's also the feedback we get from our operators. It's taken away that kind of fear. Um, you know, if I think back to my traffic examiner days, if someone had had a bridge strike, I don't think they'd call me straight away and tell me about it, if I'm honest. But that happens in our recognition. Because like I said, our operators, they're not perfect. Things are going to happen. You know, there can be, um, I'll use a bridge strike as an example. You know, there can be a diversion put in place at the last minute. And, you know, you may get a, a driver, whether it be their own driver or an agency driver decides to use the sat-nav on their phone rather than the one provided for them, which is set to HGV and trailer rather than car. Um, and they go through, you know, they go for a bridge or they make contact with a bridge. Something like that will happen. But it's actually working out what's gone wrong. Oh, well, actually, what's gone wrong there is we use the driver and they use their own phone. Okay, we need to do some retraining that we can understand what the issue is there. Or actually, maybe there's a fault with whoever's doing the roadworks that they've put a diversion in place and not given enough notice, but also they've not considered anything when it comes to weight or height restrictions as well when that diversion comes in. So there's multiple reasons, you know, where things go wrong. However, there's nothing to worry about. My team are there to help and support you. You know, these operators are the great and the good, in my opinion. They've earned the right to be recognised by DBSA as the exemplar end of industry. So we want to keep you in that space. It's not there to catch you out. It's there to support and guide you. So say, for instance, you did miss a KPI. We'll ask you in the first instance as an operator, it's your business. Why have you missed that KPI? Identify what the issue is. We can then help and guide you, whether that be we do regular meetings, whether that be an improvement plan, whatever it may be, the support and guidance is there. Now, having said that, if you continually miss KPIs and you choose not to follow our advice or you're not engaging with us, that goes against what earn recognition is. And then we consider whether or not you should stay in the scheme. And we do, we have removed operators that they're unable. Uh, and, you know, one of the instances was transport manager changed, transport manager prior, really pro earn recognition. Second transport manager, not so pro, didn't want to engage with us, didn't want to make the improvements, didn't want to continue with, you know, the KPIs that are born around road safety and compliance, your operator license, what you signed up and agreed to. And we can only work with operators that want to work with us. If you're not willing to work with us and you can't meet the KPIs, well, that's what you agreed to. So, yeah, they were removed from own recognition. Um, but, yeah, the vast majority, I've got to admit, we don't have a huge issue with the KPIs because... If you, if you get an alert on one KPI one month, uh, make sure that it doesn't happen again or it certainly doesn't happen the following month or the month after that. And that's a good thing for me. You know, that's keeping your eye on the ball. That's you, as I said earlier, it focuses the whole business to understand what you've agreed to as an operator. 
Yeah, perfect. Okay, so um, I think, uh, and I think that's absolutely fair enough. If people are, you know, a lot of it's around the engagement, isn't it? It's, you've created a relationship by being on the scheme, and therefore you've got to uphold the relationship to be able yeah. to maintain it. Um, I think we've we've spoken quite a bit about KPIs. The fifth area, I know we've touched on digital requirements. Um, there, there might be some people listening going, what are these KPI things? You know, what, what, what are those? What are those things? You know, small privately owned businesses, they, they may not even realise they actually operate the KPIs because they probably have got them and just don't realise the sort of terminology. But are we able to just talk about what, what you know, what does that look like? Um, yeah. What are the requirements from a digital point of view if people feel a bit uncomfortable going, oh, actually, we've got a lot of paper. They might have amazing sort of uh, Excel-based or paper-based processes for maintenance, for example. What does yeah. that sort of look like? What are the requirements? So if we start off with kind of the driver's side first, they have to be, you have to be able to digitally report them. So most operators out there, I, I'm, I mean, it's been a very long time since I've come across someone who hasn't got a system in place for looking at their driver's hours. Um, and it's been a little while since I've seen an analog tack graph, I've got to be honest with you, Pete. <laughs> I'm sure there are still some out there, but we ask that this side of the business is digital. Um, so basically the KPIs for them is making sure that you're adhering to, again, what you agree to at your operator license. So we're looking at your driver's hours, we're looking at your working time directive that you're in line with the legislation um, and that you're in line with if you were at the roadside would you get a prohibition so kind of the fixed penalty ban would you get one of our prohibitions if we were to find this at the roadside um, and then we look at kind of the the scheduling routing for our, our PSV operators so if they run on domestic driver's hours we'll use their DAS system so driver allocated systems um, and like I say, working time directive as well. So that's really what we're looking at from the driver's point of view, which again is what any operator should be doing. You know, it's making sure your drivers aren't going out there tired. It's making sure that when you plan them a route that they're actually can do that route in the given time um, and that you're understanding working time directive. And like I say, for your PSV, that actually you're giving them the correct routing. So nothing overly major. This isn't going above and beyond what you should already be doing. So that's kind of the driver's side. Now, if we move on to maintenance, you can have a fully digital maintenance system from the, the providers and they will report those KPIs through to you. So they'll do they'll do the reporting for you. Um, you can have a mixture, like I said, of digital systems, manual systems, own in-house systems. Really, there's as many options as you like out there now, but they have to be able to record those KPIs. So whether that be a paper-based system that you then upload onto a system. We also provide you something called an ERCAF form, which is our digital reporting form for maintenance. So you can upload information onto that. Um, um, and there's help and guidance as well around how we can do that. And I have um, I have members of my team that would help and support you of what you do. You know, most operators that we speak to have some kind of system in place because they have to, um, you know, just to be a compliant operator. So it may just be adapting what you've already got in place. Yeah, so for the maintenance side, what we look at is your walk around checks that they're carried out correctly, that um, if there is a defect that's going to impact road safety that's identified and dealt with properly so basically we're not sending unsafe vehicles back onto that road we look at your mat pass rate as well for all your vehicles and trailers um and that the maintenance scheduling is in line with your operator license and it's carried out so again not going over and above it's just making sure that your vehicles are mat's they're up to par your driver's checking properly and if they find an issue they know what to do about it Perfect. Yeah. That's what we're looking at with the KPIs, making sure we're not sending unsafe vehicles and drivers that are tired out onto our roads. 
that's what the KPIs are born around. Um, the main principles of road safety, in my opinion. Yeah, perfect. I think um, I think most operators will have all of that in place anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely perfect. Okay, cool. So I think it's good for people to realise that it's not a laborious activity. It's not something that's over and above uh, anything that's already required anyway, it, right? It's stuff they're doing day in, day out. You know, every driver should be checking their vehicle before they get in it at the end of the day, shouldn't they, really? Every yeah, driver should absolutely. know whether or not they're over their hours before they start their journey. And it's just, like I said at the start, it's just making the whole business focused, understanding what they agreed to and what they adhere to in their operator licence agreements. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, cool. So I guess the final thing for us to just discuss is, okay, so this is earned recognition now. What does the what does the future look like? Have you got future plans? Is the scheme going to evolve? You know, what what what, what are the expectations? Yeah, certainly, Pete. I mean, there's always things in development with earned recognition. Uh, you know, the future's bright, the future's uh, royal blue, I think. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> Not nicking anyone's advertising no, campaign. No, absolutely. Well, they're, they're gone now anyway. <laughs> they're they're gone. Gone. Exactly. They don't exist anymore. So that's fine. <laughs> no one's going to come after me. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> um, but no, it's there's so many developments always with own recognition you know the benefits have grown since, since um even you know if you look back at the tail end of last year when we launched the digital reporting options we gave people more options now benefits in terms of you can join this scheme now and that will continue you know we will look at the insight that we get from our members you know they get really good feedback from us uh, we send out um you know a monthly newsletter to them and we encourage their views and opinions all the time and it goes back to making sure they've got a seat at the table so when we do our surveys and things like that you know they always come out really positive last one we got 91 percent i think it was feedback is either good or very good from our members we didn't get any negative feedback at all it was the others were were neutral and it was generally from people that had just joined the scheme to be honest with you pete so hadn't really had time to get all the benefits up and running yet for them um but really important that you know we look at like i said we'll look at lessons learned what did we learn during covid um you know look at what happens with the mot that's a good piece of evidence we need to use when i look into to different benefits and it's important that we consider where we can go with um, recognition you know um in terms of recognizing is there any weak parts of our industry so you can be the best operator in the world um but actually if you're reliant on outside sources for something that's going to contribute to your safety or compliance is there something we can do at dvsa to make sure that you've got a choice of a good supplier what whatever that may be whatever type of goods person services they're supplying to you and if you don't should we interact with that should we change that and also what is good what does that look like for that particular business supplier um you know someone's definition of good is going to be different to someone else's like i said for our recognition what we recognize is good is born from the operator license and obviously our experiences and it's an enforcement and road safety organization that's where that we built up those kpis but actually it may be something else in a different industry but what me and you may see as good may not be the same as what someone in the public may see as good. So actually, if we can recognise them and we recognise what those what those aims are, what those KPIs look like, you build a better industry for all. It's making sure that everyone you're using is the exemplar standard. So that's where I can see um, recognition going. It will be diversifying and bringing in 
more subject matter, different schemes, different parts of our industry. But in terms of our recognition for operators, um, like I said, I'm seeing more and more contracts now specify, not recommending, but specifying our recognition as a requirement. So naturally that will grow. I'm in talks with lots and lots of different businesses, lots of different authorities, organisations that are understanding um, recognition. I've got to be honest with you, I don't ever get feedback from anyone saying, um, recognition, that doesn't sound like a very good idea. Um, funnily enough, people like recognising the exemplar end of the industry and when they've got a list of operators, these are the best. Oh, well, who says they're the best? DVSA. They probably know something about transport. They've probably got a bit of an idea, to be fair. Um, you know, that's the feedback that I get. So naturally, it will just continue to expand and grow. And that, for me, is really important. You know, this is this is a scheme that isn't going anywhere. For me, this is the the gold stamp, the platinum stamp, we'll go with the platinum stamp, Pete, of road safety. I like the royal blue stamp. <laughs> of road safety. So it, those benefits, like I said, and I mentioned, they they are continually developing, they are growing. For operators, you know, that are thinking about signing up to own recognition, my advice would always be do it sooner rather than later. Engage with us. We're not scary people. Thank you very much, Phil. What I'll do uh, for those listening uh, in the show notes, I'll put in the links and everything like that and the email address for people to be able to look further into the scheme as well. Phil, you've been an absolute gent. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I hope those listening have got a lot of value from this and hope you're starting to think about earned recognition. It sounds like it's the right thing to do. So um, go away, find out some more about it. And if you're not quite there yet, it'd be a good activity to even see how close you can get to the standard anyway you know because uh, that benefits everyone from a road safety point of view doesn't it so uh, phil appreciate it thank you very much everyone hope you've enjoyed it thank you thanks pete pleasure thank you thank you i really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners, and we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.